Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Red Risks Live. Uh, and tonight, uh, a follow-up uh, on a very uh, uh, special uh, event, uh, and that is how to improve your investigation skills. And we have in the uh, in, in the back room uh, Andy Farrell, uh, who will be on in just a second. Uh, but as Sonia just said, uh, this is a live event. Uh, things can and may go wrong, uh, uh, so please bear with us and we'll catch up with you as soon as we can. Not forgetting to like, share, and subscribe, uh, and connect, share, and learn. So I'll now put up the uh, the bio of uh, uh, Andy Farrell. So it's back to you, Aaron, for the intro. Thank you. Andy is a health and safety consultant, trainer, and a specialist in industrial accident investigations and lone worker safety. That's just an example. He does a lot more. He's a qualified lead accident investigator, and he's the author of Investigative Interviewing, a guide for managers. And he's got a wide experience in law enforcement, emergency services, manned guarding, consultancy training, and health and safety. Without further ado, let's welcome to the show, Andy Farrell. Hello, Andy, good evening. How are you doing? Fine, thank you. Fine, thank you. Good, good, good. Well, welcome to the show, and it's glad to have you back again uh, for your, your your second visit with us now, isn't it? Uh, it uh, is. It was on earlier on the year. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good. Yes, so, uh, so let let. I mean, we, we have a, a an hour of of, of, of packed information, uh, Andy, uh, and I'm sure uh, that uh, the live feed uh, will give us lots and lots of uh, questions uh, to try and follow up and try and answer as best yeah. as we can uh, when when they come up. Uh, I mean. Let's let's look uh, back just th this last month. Uh, you had a you had a, uh, a fantastic article in the IOSH magazine, and it raised a few eyebrows. Uh, uh, some people uh, had a few questions on it. Maybe they didn't quite understand the perspective that you was coming from, uh, or, or where it was going to. Uh, but I think we can discuss that in, in a second. Uh, but let's not uh, forget that when we're talking about investigation, uh, when it comes to uh, looking at evidence, uh, uh, we always follow the ABC protocol. We know accept nothing at face value. Believe yeah. nothing without checking it first. And, of course, check everything. Uh, and I, I think this, this mantra uh, has been in the police force for uh, many, many years. And I don't think it's, it's done, done them uh, uh, any harm. So let's start then uh, with... First of all, I mean, before we, we get, even get to uh, an investigation uh, itself, Andy, uh, we look at starting with assessing the evidence uh, yeah. and, and build up to the techniques uh, that you adopt when carrying out uh, the actual interview. So let's uh, let's first look at uh, assessing the evidence then, Andy. Yeah, I mean, what people have to bear in mind is that the the accident scene has a story to tell you. But the problem is the accident scene is very fragile. You know, if you move something, then you can't put it back where it was. And, and that could be important information. Um, take a simple example. Somebody has been hit by a forklift truck in a warehouse. It, it's unfortunately a common accident. So the driver of the forklift truck is adamant that he swerved to avoid the person. Okay, fine. But you've only got his word for that at the moment. You know, as you're saying, ABC, check everything. 
if the truck is left exactly where it ended up, you can look at the angle the truck was at and where the person was on the ground. Does that make sense? Does it look like he swerved? You can even look at the wheels of the truck to see, are they pointing forward? Are they pointing sideways? Was he actually turning when they had the impact? Um, if somebody has tidied things up and moved the truck away, you've lost all that information. You can't get it back. So it's important that whoever's investigating, the first thing that happens is once he dealt with the casualty, that's the important thing. But once he dealt with the casualty, you freeze the scene. And then the investigator starts to look at it logically, methodically, and starts to build up the picture that the scene can give him. Yeah, I, I, I suppose uh, um, un, unlike, uh, unlike a, a road accident, if we're looking at an industrial accident, uh, all the investigation techniques, uh, all the planning and preparation is all down to uh, the HSC department or the management team that are involved uh, in mm -hmm. that. I mean, if we're talking about a, a, a road accident, we know generally when there's a, a, a serious accident, the police arrive on scene, the traffic police are there, they shut it down, they preserve the scene, as you, as you rightly yeah. said, uh, and they keep everything as best they can so that they can draw a picture uh, of what actually happened uh, and then take it from there. Because the next step, of course, is they engage with witnesses, uh, they look for anybody that was actually actually saw it, or they look for CCTV, video camera footage. Uh, and I think that there is a, there's an element of this as well now within industry, uh, albeit mm -hmm. I think uh, a lot of companies have to be extremely careful uh, when they are installing CCTVs uh, within their premises or in their production areas to ensure that it's not just observing the workforce working, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've got, set in the UK, you've got the uh, privacy laws, general data protection and so on about yeah. using cameras. Camera operators um, have to be licensed, uh, trained to use the cameras if they're looking at people uh, in certain circumstances. So it is a bit more complicated. But yeah, a, a traffic accident investigation, an accident investigation in warehouse are following broadly the same principles that you freeze the scene and also what people may not realize with uh, industrial investigations is it's not going to take 10 minutes you know a police if they get a serious accident they can close a road for hours while they take measurements photographs and so on and to be fair an industrial accident if it's a serious injury and a complicated scene, you may have to do that. You may have to close down part of the warehouse or the factory or whatever um, while you get the information. And I think that can cause friction in companies if the people, the managers, don't understand this. You know, why can't yeah. I have my forklift back? Because it's evidence at the moment and I haven't finished with it. Once I've finished with it, you can have it back. But I've got things to do and I've got measurements to take, photographs, sketches, you know, and you can't rush these things. You've only got the one chance. Um, so you're just going to have to wait, unfortunately. Um, yes, yeah, sure. 
managers got to appreciate that. But there's a lot of similarity between the way it's done. My, my belief is you do it sort of in a police style because they're the experts. So if it works for them, it's probably a good method to follow. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is. And, and I mean, you know, once, once uh, I think uh, once you've uh, established uh, uh, all the evidence that you can uh, mm. at the scene uh, and written it all up, uh, uh, taking photographs, uh, these are all uh, the bits and pieces that would certainly help uh, when it comes to the, the next stage, uh, uh, which is the interview itself. Um, so uh, do we have any, I think there, there was a question came up then. Uh, I can't quite read that. I'm sorry. It says, Andy, why did your article, article. in IOS stir up, <laughs> stir up a hornet's nest? <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah well, let, 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 let's feed back to that for a second then. Because uh, <laughs> you did put an article in, in IOS. Uh, and like hmm. I said at, at the beginning, it raised a few eyebrows to say the least. Why do you think that was the case, Andy? I think there's a number of reasons. Um, I mean, I must take some responsibility for this because I proofread the article. It was only a short article. And maybe I didn't make some points clear enough. There was a lot of concern, and understandably so, that um, there was no regard for the the welfare of the people involved that i wasn't mentioning that and that was simply because i hadn't got space inside the article to do it you know i was covering one small element of quite a complicated subject um so certain things had to be left to one side and i think some people misunderstood what was going on that was the whole point they thought I was being a little bit heavy-handed. And no, I was just looking at one element of the, the investigation. I think also some people didn't like the idea I was talking about, you know, identifying people who were lying. Now, to be fair, in most accidents, most people will not lie. They will try and help, and that's fine. And I accept that, and that was accepted in the article. But the problem is you may occasionally come across people who, for whatever reason, are hiding the truth or they're being um they're already giving you very, very liberal with the truth yeah yeah and for many reasons you know now the point of an investigation and i make this quite clearly the point of an investigation is not to find somebody to blame that's somebody else's job the investigation is to find out what happened so it doesn't happen again. So it's important you get to the truth. Yes. But you're not trying to um, you're not, not trying to blame people. I can see that investigation as in criminal investigation, a turn-off word. Analysis, yeah, analysis, okay. I think we're playing semantics with that one, Scott. Um, it is an investigation. You are looking into the facts to try and find out what's going on. If the investigator is doing his job properly when he talks to witnesses, then he'll make it clear where he's coming from, that he wants to hear what they've got to say. He's not looking to blame people. It's a case of we need to find out what happened. Um, 
and can it be prevented or not? But certainly I would still stick with investigation because that is what you're doing. You're trying to drill yeah, down right. into the truth. But you make sense. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, I sort of agree with that, uh, Andy, because, I mean, is what we're actually looking at uh, in this particular show is investigation skills uh, yeah, and yeah. not so much. Uh, uh, I, I mean, uh, yeah, thanks for that, Scott. Uh, uh, we, we do take that on board. Uh, and um, uh, the, the, I, I suppose language these days, uh, uh, it, it has changed uh, quite a bit uh, from uh, when we were looking at uh, incidents and accidents uh, uh, in the workplace. Uh, so let me just say a couple of hellos uh, uh, to start with. Uh, good evening to Vince. Uh, uh, he's one of our uh, regulars. Uh, there is uh, Marilo Padia Guedes uh, from Brazil. Uh, good evening, well, good afternoon from Brazil. Uh, and hi to Tim, Tim Ingram, one of our stream team uh, members. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, Tim uh, actually says uh, about the uh, the site itself, uh, and that is, we'd like to uh, make sure that the site is preserved uh, and the evidence is not disturbed uh, uh, until the respective regulator uh, approves release. I mean, okay, we, we're talking about serious accidents in, in that yeah. particular yeah. case, uh, as opposed to uh, run the mill. Uh, minor issues uh, that may happen in the workplace, they still require, they still require investigation because, like you've already said, Andy, uh, the, the the whole uh, uh, thrust behind this uh, is to find out exactly what happened uh, to prevent recurrence. Uh, uh, because yeah. I mean, it might be a managerial problem, it might be a mechanical problem, uh, it might be a skills problem. Uh, and you yeah. won't know until such times as you've done all the basic uh, background uh, looking. Uh, so, uh, Tim says, uh, Andy, uh, what do you think of tools like human factor analysis tool developed by the Kiel Center? Uh, yeah, he, he thinks that such tools are, are essential. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I must admit, I'm not familiar with that particular program, that particular tool, but certainly human factors are a key element in any investigation. It's trying to understand why people have done what they did, what mistakes were made, why errors have occurred. Um, you've got to try and put yourself in their position. That's why it's so important to talk to people, to try and make certain you you get in from their point of view why did they do what they did what information did they have what was driving them forward um they may have made a mistake acting with the best of intentions it may be a situation arose which they hadn't got a program to deal with and so they made that we went along with doing the best they possibly could so certainly you've got to keep the human element in there you know, people are different, people are complex, they're not robots, but you've got to look at the thing overall. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, uh, Sonny, Sonny uh, uh, chips in and says that uh, he thinks you've got the balance of 50-50 was, uh, was correct. I mean, I looked at it and, and I think much the same. Uh, there will be some that agree and some that disagree uh, because it, it, it is, a, 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 I suppose, subjective in how, how it's approached. Uh, and how it's carried out, uh, and some of the, that disagreed with the article 
but he thinks that the main issue uh, was related to blame, uh, that you've laid your cards out that perhaps the tone and language could have been perhaps more humanistic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with better bit of hindsight, Sonny's probably right. I mean, blame is very emotive, but I make the point yet again. It is not the investigator's job to apportion blame. He's not there to find out who is going to take the rap for this. He's there to find out what happened. That's his job. Now, if it turns out that the somebody has actually stepped outside procedures or made mistakes, which are um, actionable mistakes, you know, that they were deliberately ignored the rules or whatever, then fine. It's for other people to decide whether any punishment should be meted out, not the investigator. He simply reports what he finds and he goes where the investigation takes him. He has an open mind. He has to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, Vince says, uh, uh, have you ever investigated an event where the evidence-based fact had absolutely nothing to do with the initial assumptions? I mean, I suppose uh, a, a simple answer to that is one shouldn't assume uh, that yeah. uh, this, this is the conclusion. Yeah. I mean, I... I don't think I have. I always try and go with an open mind. If you go in with an assumption, then this is where the psychology can kick in. And I'm not a psychologist, but someone who's interested in it. You can get things like confirmation bias tripping you up. That if you've got an idea what happened, you can unwittingly start to filter the evidence. So that things which support your idea, you accept. And things which don't, you tend to put to one side and that's going to take lead you astray. So I haven't knowingly gone in uh, with assumptions anyway. You try and look at it with an open mind. And as I say, you go where the evidence leads you. Um, surprising though that may be sometimes. You just go with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, as, as you've already said, uh, you know, rem remember that, you're not looking for blame, uh, yeah. uh, but you're looking for facts that that's going to lead uh, to a positive conclusion, uh, uh, whether that is uh, uh, in favour of, of the injured party or, or not. Uh, I yeah. mean, the, the thing is, the facts should uh, direct you uh, to the conclusion, uh, as you said, not an assumption. Yeah. Uh, an assumption is something which is not actually tested. It's a belief but you've not got any evidence to support it. Um, and that makes yeah. it, from an investigation point of view, a little bit tricky to handle because you, it may well be right, but if push comes to shove, you know, if this case for some reason ends up in court, whether it's be a criminal prosecution of the HSC or a civil claim for negligence, and you've got an assumption, then the question is from the other side, well, prove it. And you can't. It's an assumption. So assumptions yeah, are yeah. very dangerous. Yeah, I think we got one here. It, it says assumptions can be based on initial information received, uh, but that may change. I'm just wondering if, if that is uh, uh, Dom, our old friend uh, Dominic Cooper, uh, uh, out in the States. That it may well be him. Uh, he <laughs> usually comes incognito. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, and Tim, oh, okay, uh, that's in replying to Scott. Yeah, okay, that's uh, not for us then, if you're replying to Scott. Um so yeah, so we, we've 
we've looked we've looked at the the initial uh, part of uh, uh, any incident that we come up, yeah. and we know then that we have to gather all the facts. We have to take photographs. We have to take measurements. Uh, yeah. uh, we need to speak to witnesses, uh, and we need to get uh, build up as big a picture as we can, uh, uh, and then start crunching down uh, all the information. Uh, yeah. Because the, the the next the next step is obviously uh, the techniques that, that you now use uh, for the investigation that you're actually going to carry out. Uh, and again, yeah. we we can relate back to uh, uh, the techniques that the police use, and they use the uh, the peace. Uh, uh, approach, which is uh, planning and preparation, uh, and in the army we we have five of those. Planning and preparation prevents poor performance, uh, <laughs> uh, and then we have the the E for engage and explain, uh, mm -hmm. uh, and so that's the start of the interview itself, uh, and then it's account clarification and challenge. Uh, so yeah. all 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 the time you were looking at, as opposed to assuming, you're looking at challenging the facts that you've gathered to make sure yeah. that they are correct that they're solid and robust because that that's yep. what you need uh, and then you have out. closure and then evaluation yeah, yeah. no the yes. point i would make though is that you don't do the challenge and i think this is what caused a lot of the problems with the article uh, people misunderstood this. But what I advocate using is the simpler version, that the, the version that came before peace, which is conversation management. It was developed by a psychologist in the 70s, I think, who was working with the City of London Police. And he came up with this technique, which is called conversation management. And it is basically a conversation. And it's in three stages. So having settled the witness down, got them comfortable, explained you know, you're not there to try and lock somebody up or ruin somebody's job. You're just trying to find out what happened. Once they're comfortable, the best they can be in an interview, then you go into the, the interviewee phase, which is where they give their version of events. And they do that in their own time at their own speed. And the investigator does very little uh, to guide that. If they're going right off track, you'll try and steer them back gently. But essentially, that's their time to tell their story in their way. Then the yeah. second phase is the, invest the interviewer phase, where the interviewer goes in and now clarifies things he hasn't quite understood or where something wasn't made clear. It's only when you've got things that can't be resolved at that point. If at that point they've given their story, he's clarified it, it all seems to make sense, there is no challenge. You simply say thank you very much and you move on to either close the interview or take a witness statement or whatever. The third part, the challenge phase, would only come in when there are anomalies in the story that you can't clarify they keep yeah, making I, I, things. yeah so that's when you would go for the challenge phase and start drilling in and questioning but you wouldn't do it for everybody and in fact most people you would never do it it's only one or two people in investigation where you might get to that third stage and i think that's what the article maybe didn't make clear that the yeah. method doesn't apply to everybody it's only to those who you think 
this is not making sense, that they're hiding something. I've got to find out what it is. That's when you go to third stage. And I think I think that that's probably also based on uh, uh, your the facts that you've already gathered, uh, the witness statements uh, uh, that you may have uh, had at the scene, albeit uh, they may be sound bites or maybe may little notes that you have written down. Uh, uh, but they, they're all little gems when it comes to uh, uh, looking at the the, the in-depth interview uh, uh, and the person that you are talking to. Yeah. As you say, let, let, him, let him do all the talking because that's what he's there for. Uh, yeah. uh, let him tell you all his what he thinks is fact. And again, it, it's like uh, a lot of other things uh, that we look at, whether it's risk assessment or anything. It's subjective. It's it's different camera angles, isn't it? Uh, yeah. You will see things differently to the way that I would see them uh, uh, yeah. because I'm looking at it from a different perspective. Yeah, I mean, I always uh, made the point when I was doing it would have worked in law enforcement when I was interviewing um, a suspect, for example. Okay, so we've, now we've got somebody we think has done something wrong, we're not certain. So the mind is still open, I'm still open to ideas. And I would make the point to them, you know, talk to me. If I've misunderstood something, if I've got something wrong, Now's the opportunity to tell me about it and to explain what I've got wrong. And if I've got it wrong, that's fine. We can clear it and move on. And the same thing applies to investigation. You know, if I've misunderstood what somebody said, then that's where the second phase comes in, the, the, the interviewer phase, where I go back and say, I'm sorry, I thought you said, ah, right, I see where you're coming from. Right, I've got you now. And you move on. And that's fine. You only start to drill down a challenge in the third phase. And you're thinking, hang on a minute. He's saying one thing here. He's saying he wasn't at the scene. But I've got two witnesses in their statements say that he was. Now, I don't get yeah. that. There's something wrong here. And that's Again, I, I think, sorry, yeah, I, I think that's an important part of, of the actual uh, in, uh, interview itself. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. And for me, uh, I, I, I was certainly taught that in these type of interviews, uh, they have to be recorded, uh, recorded so that when you transcribe uh, uh, any statements, uh, they are factual from the person that's given them. And it's not a story that you were making up because it's backed up by evidence. Uh, because, again, you know, that I've, I've gone through that a few times and maybe misunderstood what somebody has said. Uh, because it's either a, a, um, a word or, a, or or something, an unusual word that maybe I didn't quite understand. So you have mm -hmm. to list, listen to it a couple of times. Oh yeah, oh it's that word. Uh, that's yeah. what they, that's what they mean. And, and I think yes, that's when you can put this challenge in uh, because it doesn't match up uh, with the information either you've already given or the information that somebody else has given. Uh, yeah. And that's matched by another person. Yeah. So uh, uh, a question, I'll, go, I'll come back to Vince in a second. Uh, let me ask this question from Tim. Uh, Tim says, Andy, uh, to what extent do you support mapping where individuals were at specific points uh, in time leading up to uh, and at the time of an incident? Uh, that's, that's quite a, a, a good question. So that yeah. somebody might not actually be uh, exactly at 
uh, the the incident uh, spot itself. It might be ten meters away, five meters away. And again, I think this is where the the sub, the, the different camera angles may come in. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, if we're talking here about um, I, I missed where I thought it meant mapping in terms of time, but I see you mean mapping in terms of the actual scene itself. Then, yeah, this is why you need to get as much information about the scene and as accurately as... <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> my, 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 my daughter from Switzerland. I wasn't expecting her to call this, this time of night. <laughs> so, that's what I was saying before your daughter rang you. Um, yeah, it, it, it's why it's so important to be so painstaking about getting the details of the scene. So you're taking the photographs, you're taking sketches, you're taking measurements in all directions. You know, you can't have too many measurements. And then if somebody, no. I mean, let's say you go back to the scene and say, right, well, where are you standing? Well, if you were standing there, how could you have seen what happened over there? Because there's a pillar in the way. It's this sort of thing where you're putting people back in the scene to say, well, if you were there, I, I don't, there's no line of sight. And if they are mistaken or they're trying to mislead you, then you'll trip them up. So, yeah, getting the scene mapped out accurately is important. Um, sketch maps, three-dimensional di three maps on computers, whatever you can do. And also, of course, get the CCTV, if there is any, and try and lock that in as well so you can... You can refer one against the other, but yeah, it's certainly it's it's important to to get as much as you can because a situation, a question may arise later on in an interview where a person says they were. Does that actually make sense with what they say they've seen or not seen? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, they could see. Yeah, exactly what the LinkedIn user is saying. You know, you can then test. It's a case going back into the ABC. You check everything. So you're not disbelieving them. But if he said, I was standing by the stairs and I saw this, then if you've got accurate photographs and maps, you can go, yes, from the stairs, yes, he could have seen that. Or, hang on a minute, how could he have seen that from the stairs? Now, is he mistaken? Is he maybe somewhere else? Or he meant he was near the stairs? You know, you don't immediately jump in and say, ah, got you, you're lying. It's let's just clarify that. What exactly do you mean? Let's go through it again and then see if it still holds up or not. Yeah. Just want to go back to a question that came up from uh, from Vince. Uh, yeah. uh, nice one, Aaron. Thanks for that. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to do the same, exactly the same question. Uh, Andy, uh, what's your experience of coming up uh, with a conclusion uh, than a set of actions uh, oblique recommendations uh, based upon it, but the employer or responsible people by and large ignore them. I mean, I think that happens quite a lot uh, uh, with, I, I think with uh, all the companies where they have a, a supervisor, unlike corporate companies uh, who have a, a plethora of uh, safety departments uh, so, mm. Yeah, so what's your experience on that, uh, Andy? Yeah, it, it's not just in your act investigation, uh, but, but it, it's one of the banes of the consultant's life, if you like, that you go in, you say, no, this is wrong, that's going to be fixed. That's not the way of doing things. 
Um, ultimately, certainly in the UK, the, the consultant can only advise if the client wants to blithely ignore what you're telling them and do their own thing. There's not a lot you can do about it. And there will be in certain cases where I would say, look, um, you know, I can't go any, I can't work any any further with you. These are my recommendations. If you don't wish to accept them, that's fine. But I I, I can't support you in this, you know. Um, and I would yeah, yeah. sure they've got some help and then walk away. So the consultant morally will do what he can, but legally I can't force an employer to carry out my recommendations. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we, we know that uh, uh, an investigation itself, uh, uh, it, it's, it's, not an, it's not a means to an end, uh, uh, but it, it's generally uh, the first step uh, that any company should in preventing uh, whether they be uh, mechanical, physical, uh, or, or whatever. Uh, and a yeah. good investigation uh, will enable you to learn general lessons uh, and that yeah. they can be applied right across the organization uh, uh, as lessons learned uh, they can be applied uh, in other companies uh, because it might be uh, uh, something significant uh, uh, a crane issue or some machinery yeah indeed yeah, I mean, the investigation, it can be very specific or it can, in fact, have um, general implications for the industry as a whole if you find something seriously wrong with a procedure or a process or whatever. Um, there's one other point which I make as well um, about investigation, and this is a UK matter, but under UK law, but quite often the a charge leveled against a company will be that they failed in their duty of care to keep the employee safe in the workplace and a lot of companies will simply say well we'll challenge the hsc in court and see what they say but legally the hsc don't have to say a great deal just prove accident workplace injury that's it to prove the case and the law in the uk says that in a case like that the company has got to prove that it did all it could to avoid the accident rather than the prosecution prove that it didn't. So it's what they call technically reverse burden of proof. You've got to prove you did all you could. Well, if you haven't done a proper yeah. investigation, how are you going to prove you did everything? You could find yourself yeah. face the company could find itself facing severe penalties because it hasn't put forward a sufficiently strong case, you know. Yeah, we're looking at so, was it uh, regulation for management of health and safety at work regs 1999. Uh, uh, yeah, it requires I mean, all employees, uh, was it to plan, organize, control, and monitor and review yeah. their health and safety arrangements. Uh, and if, right. if there is a, a shortfall in them, uh, uh then. Uh, in fact, uh, I think that goes on to say that if there is an incident uh, uh, at your place of work, uh, then there should be an automatic review uh, of uh, your organization controls. Yeah, I would agree with that. But the, the point of the law, actually, for those who want to follow it up, just to check it out of curiosity, that particular section i'm referring to it, it's section 40 of the health and safety at work act that 
it gives a reverse burden of proof. Where the company's charged or accused of failing a duty of care, it is for the company to prove it did all it could, rather than the prosecution to prove that it didn't. And that's case law to support that. It, it's not when people realise that section is there, but it's very powerful. And it does support the need for an investigation. Yes. Uh, I, I, I think there, 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 there is a... Sorry, I was going to say, I, I think there is a... a or in fact, before, before I go on to that, uh, uh, Tim again coming in. Uh, uh, he's, uh, he's typing well tonight, Tim. Uh, uh, well done, Tim. Uh, Andy, where do you stand on capturing regulatory non-compliance uh, within company investigations? Well, again, you go, my view is you go where the evidence leads you. So in the report, um, if that was the case, I would point out that, you know, there was evidence to show that a particular regulation was not being followed and that could potentially lead to prosecution. So it's a matter of urgency for the company to sort that matter out. Um, I bring it to their attention as, I would, as a consultant. And it is a consultancy role. And so they are aware of it. It's, again, it's a matter for them as to whether they want to actually become compliant or not. But at least I've done my duty by telling them in the investigation, I also found this, this and this. You know, it's now a matter for you as the company to go and sort your house out. Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose following on from the uh, from Wolf report, uh, uh, you'll, you'll probably remember some parts of that mm. uh, uh, where it says uh, um, you're expected to make full disclosure of any circumstances of an accident uh, uh, to the injured yeah. party um, who are considering legal action. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, and uh, like you've already said, uh, uh, the fact that you've thoroughly investigated any accident. Uh, and you've taken remedial action, so you've actually done something as a result of something happening. So you've you've looked at your organisation, you've looked at your controls, uh, and and you've made significant changes to prevent further accidents. Uh, I mean, and that in itself would demonstrate to any court uh, uh, that your company has a positive attitude to health and safety, and you are less likely uh, to be. Uh, you might well get a fine, but it, it's less likely to be significant as opposed to uh, uh, minor yeah i mean it is so what's the is, question yeah whatever start investigating so, uh, uh, so again from from vince uh would you ever start an investigation with two simple starter questions one what was the plan and two how were you meant to keep control consider the incident an unplanned and controlled event that causes harm or has the potential to plan and control. Yeah, I, th I think we we, we did uh, touch on that very very uh, briefly when we when we yeah. looked at uh, um, the management of health and safety at work regs, uh, which requires employees to plan, organise, and control and monitor. Yeah, I mean, I would stop any investigation. It, it's a matter of what happened, and then. When you come to do the report, when you analyze what's happened, then obviously this may well come into it. You know, what was the plan? How did you control it? Why didn't you control it? What went wrong? These would all hopefully come out in the wash in the final report to management. 
as to as to your findings. Yeah, I, I, I suppose Vincent may may may, may be trying. I'm not speaking. Say uh, of uh, what are the opening questions uh, that you pose? What's what's your first one? Uh, apart from good morning, Carol, uh, I'm here to investigate, etc., uh, etc., et right. uh, because you've called me in. Uh, so where <laughs> where is your opening gambit? Uh, basically, so tell me what happened. Uh, that, that's it. You know, I'm here to investigate. I have an open mind. You tell me what happened. And we'll then take you from there. Once I realise the situation, you know, did somebody fall off the roof? Did was somebody hit by a forklift truck? You know, the the control side of it will come in later as to whether we're effective controls or not. We'll work that out as we go along. But the planning side is just simply tell me what what happened, and we'll take it from there. Um. Have yeah. I ever been bullied? Uh, uh, and again, there's, there's another good. You, you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we I mean, had this uh, this question earlier on in the year when uh, uh, Dom Cooper was on as well. Uh, so that might have come yeah. from, uh, or Dom certainly saying, yeah, I've come across that one before. Uh, <laughs> so have you ever been bullied, coerced, encouraged to come up, come up with the right answer? Yeah, well, we want to hear not the answer that you want to give us. <laughs> yeah, no, I have bullying, coercing. The point is, as an independent consultant, and this is the one advantage using an independent person to do the investigation, I have no allegiance to anybody. I don't have a career on the line. If you don't like what I'm saying, I'll just send you the bill and call it quits. Um. So they can't bully me into doing something. I have had a company, not an accident investigation. I was doing something else. It was a, they had a big problem with a large organization. And one of the managers said, oh, Andy's here to sort of, you know, rubber stamp it through. And I said, no, I'm not. I'm here to find out what the problem is and try and find out ways to solve the problem. And I work on a base of integrity. It's as simple as that. I am a professional. It's taken me a long time to get to where I am. I have a, a reputation to consider, my own personal integrity, and I'm not putting that on the line for anybody. So if you want me to investigate, I will do so. But I will tell you what I find. I, I have had, I did a report for somebody at one point, um, for a client actually, for one of their clients. And I did quite a scathing report about their safety management systems. And the client came back and said, you know, th this is a bit brutal. I said, yeah, but it's honest. And I did make an amendment. When I put one particular point in bold red ink, I took the red ink out <laughs> and I left it as bold. But it was still an important point and I wanted it in there. And there it goes. If they don't like it, tough. But I'm not going to ruin my integrity just to keep them happy. Sorry about that, but I don't do it. That's okay. <laughs> so we have, we have another question here from uh, from Tim. Andy, how do you engage with internal legal bods who inevitably wish to control discoverable 
documentation arising from uh, investigation. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's always you know you, you get the legal eagles uh, at the big corporate yeah. companies, don't you? They they always want to have their finger in the pie. I I've had this situation with an accident where I was saying that there was a certain line of inquiry I wanted to follow, but I wanted them to approve it first because I I wasn't saying I'm not a lawyer. And I know my limitations. So I wasn't going to do a certain thing unless I was convinced that legally I was allowed to do that. So I needed their consent to do it. And they didn't want to give me the consent. So a line of inquiry, I just didn't follow. So I will bow. I may not like them, but I will bow to the to the legal boards because they are the lawyers. But then again, Controlling discoverables, if I find it, I find it. Um, if they say, well, we, we can't use that or that's not permissible investigation, we'll, we'll have a discussion about that. I may very well put it into my report, but, you know, I, I'm guided by the lawyers. And if they say we can't mention this particular thing because there are legal constraints on it and you're not allowed to mention that, that I'll make some comment in the report about there are certain areas which I cannot discuss because of legal constraints. So I cover myself that way. But I mean, I, I think it's, you know, they're doing their job that they're coming out from their angle. And so I would accept the fact that they are lawyers. I'm not a qualified lawyer. I cannot challenge the legal opinions, but I can actually voice an opinion, a personal opinion, and we'll just talk it through. Yeah, well, I can't, I can't believe our time has flown, Andy. We're already uh, <laughs> forty-five minutes into uh, uh, into the yeah. show. It, it just flies by when you know when when things are flowing away, uh, yeah. uh, and we're enjoying ourselves. Basically, <laughs> uh, I hope everybody out, out there is uh, uh, getting some real golden gems uh, uh, from these uh, techniques that Andy is kindly imparting to us, uh, and so. Uh, let, let's uh, uh, start winding up then uh, and say that from Sonny, uh, what would Andy impart as your top five tips on how to improve skills? Go on. Give us give us the gold, Andy. Give us the gold. Um, your top five I, I tips. Sonny, I do wish Sonny warm beforehand he wanted five. <laughs> okay, let's try and think of something, some key points. Um First thing, you must go in with an open mind. The And remember, the role of the investigator is to discover what happened, not to apportion blame. You're trying to prevent the accident happening again, so therefore you need the truth. But you go where the truth takes you. I think the second point is that you have to take your time. Um you can't rush investigation. That can be difficult where you've got the company screaming, we need the warehouse back, we need the forklift truck back, and so on. You know, they have a choice. Certainly, as an independent investigator, they are given a choice. Either we do it my way or I don't do it. You know, I'm not going to do a half-baked investigation. Um, be prepared to go where the evidence leads you. It may take you places you weren't expecting. It may reveal things about the company they don't want to know. But so be it. You go along with that. Well, that's three. It's 
again, treat people with respect is another key thing. Um, there are people, and sometimes, you know, they're, they're going to be shaken up, especially a serious accident. You've got to bear that in mind. You're the not a some avenging angel. You treat people with respect, with compassion, while you try and get your job done. So you're doing a balancing act. But that's the mark of a professional, that he can actually do that, that he will actually um, balance their needs against the needs of the investigation. And I think the final golden tip, um, and I've seen this happen, where an experienced investigator don't get triumphant. If you think, and I saw it happen on exercise, if you think you suddenly trip somebody up and you've caught them out and they're lying and you've got them, you start going, aha, you're lying. I've got you because remember, they're not under arrest. And you start saying things like that. They'll grab the opportunity of both hands, tell you to stop being annoying. You don't speak to them like that. And then Leon will have a cup of tea. And they yeah. wander off and you're sitting yeah. there with egg on your face. So keep emotions yeah. under control. So Vin, Vin says, not everyone realizes charge the facts to fit the narrative. That can be perjury uh, when it appears in court. Perjury is a serious crime likely to bring a custodial sentence. For those involved in investigation, evidence-based fact only and i think that's what we have uh, talked about right from the beginning uh, everything we, we look more. at uh, is is fact not uh, assumption uh, i think it is yeah indeed you know and if people want to start massaging the facts you know even if it's what appears to be initially a small internal investigation if that then goes to court because somebody's suing for damages because they've been injured, and that person, this person who's doing the massaging, is stupid enough to stand up in court and give an alternative version of what really happened because he wants to keep the company out of trouble, then, yeah, I was pointing out there, he could find himself in a lot of hot water. Uh, you do not lie in the witness box no matter who you're protecting you know you are there if you lie on oath it is perjury and potentially it could be an immediate custodial sentence it is not a game and investigators have to appreciate that what they're doing is deadly serious it's not some sort of internal oh i've got to do this report as well even a small investigation could mushroom and end up in a couple of years' time in a civil court and then explaining where they got their report from and why they said this, that, and the other. So you've got to go back to ABC. Accept nothing at face value, yeah. believe nothing in checking, and check everything. Because in court, at some point, you may have to use that ABC to demonstrate what you said was what you honestly believed. Yeah, so I mean, so if 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 we say and then uh, uh, you know why investigate? Why should we investigate at all? Uh, uh, mm. And I, I'll, I'll take a snapshot here uh, of what HSE is of how workers may find shortcuts to make their work easier or quicker, uh, and may ignore rules. You need to be aware yeah. of that. 
uh, and this is part and parcel of the investigation process, uh, which will identify if you have any shortcomings in your controls uh, uh, and in your systems and how you can improve that. Uh, so you are you're identifying deficiencies uh, in your risk control management, uh, which would enable you to improve your management of risk uh, in the future. Uh, and of course, like everything else, lessons learned, uh, yeah. which will be applicable to other parts of your organization or to other organizations. Indeed. There's a lot of the um, incidents that occur worldwide. And we think, oh, gosh, we actually do that. Uh, uh, let's do something about it. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, a, I suppose, a free shopping, isn't it? Uh, it it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a free uh, free lesson learned. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, the lessons yeah. should be shared. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So if we if we can uh, well we're we're, we're uh, running down we've got about eight minutes left to go uh, uh, we've done extremely well uh, I thank everybody for uh, their input uh, right yeah. across the board uh, yes. and thanks for all the visits that, that we've had uh, I think there was a little bit of a uh, trouble with one of the uh, uh, platforms but uh, I think we've resolved that well done uh, to Aaron in the background so let's have a look at the, a summary then uh, and again this is a, a summary from investigation. Uh, which, which is um, uh, based on uh, a HSE uh, summary. And uh, give me two seconds. What's happened here? Sod law when, when you when you want to bring your, your, your summary up to look at. Uh, something <laughs> happens. <laughs> so. Yeah, Tom just raised a question there, Tom Engram, about competency in organisations. I, I wouldn't want to make a sweeping generalisation, but in my experience, I think a lot of organisations might struggle with a with a, a serious investigation um, for various reasons. But um, it, it's Very not good. as simple as it may sometimes appear. And unfortunately, things like the Nebosch General Course and so on don't really cover the topic, but that's a personal view. Yes, yeah. Okay, so I, I, I can get back to my summary now uh, because, uh, right. as I said, I'm, I'm going to quote. I'm going to quote this from uh, uh, from the HSE themselves uh, because they have a, a a good summary when it comes to uh, implementing uh, uh, action plans uh, from accident investigation. Uh, and again, these are old. Uh, methodologies uh, that they've uh, quoted uh, to provide an action plan with smart objectives. So we make them specific, measurable, agreed, realistic, and time scaled. Uh, uh, because obviously, you're not going to be able to do everything within the next 24 hours because you've had an accident. To implement uh, and review all your controls that are necessary. Uh, but to ensure that the action plan deals effectively not only with the immediate and underlying causes, but also uh, root cause. Although Scott Geller will have a, a say about that uh, because he's, he's not a he's, he's changed slightly from from root cause. Uh, but we'll, we'll take that on board, Scott. Thank you, sir. Uh, include lessons learned uh, that may be applied to events, uh, and, and that is it for a lot of companies. 
uh, you've got to learn from the lessons uh, that you've had, uh, which is assessment of skills, training, competencies, uh, or anything else needed in any of the areas of your organization. And another very important one uh, for a lot of these incidents, and that is providing feedback to all parties involved. Uh, and we know communication is key uh, for all these things. Ensure that the findings and recommendations are correct. Uh, and this is where your expertise comes in, Andy. Uh, and that is uh, you're looking at the findings. And from the findings, the factual findings, you're going to make recommendations to the company. And it's entirely up to them whether they take that on board uh, and carry, carry that, uh, address the issues uh, that are realistic. Uh, you should be fed back into a review of risk assessments. Again, all incidents that occur uh, should automatically generate a review of your risk assessments uh, uh, and under the approved code of practice five, uh, attached to the management of health and safety work regs, 1999, paragraph three, uh, paragraph 26 states that adverse events should be a trigger for reviewing all risk assessments. And we know that. Uh, and I'm sure that, uh, what, sorry, what was, what was that, 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 that Tim saying? Uh, yeah, it, 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 you're, you're right, Tim. It, the, the, the hour has flown by. Uh, uh, I was just trying to drag that uh, that summary in there uh, to make sure I, I got everything in. Yeah, thanks very much, uh, Sonny. Uh, and well done, Aaron, on the buttons. So, yeah. Andy, um, anything else to uh, summarise? No, as I say, it's uh, my pleasure. I'm glad to invite you back. I hope I have managed to clear up some of the confusion over the IOSH article. Just to, to reiterate, you know, investigation is about people. You treat them with respect. But you have to get to the facts. That's the whole point. And if a person is lying then you've got to go round them. You know, you have no option. Can be unpleasant if you're not used to doing this kind of investigation, but it is crucial it's done for the benefit of everybody. Yeah. And on that, I'll say thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's for the benefit of every, everybody uh, uh, and yeah. the benefit of the company, obviously, uh, uh, to yeah. make sure that the, the lessons learned uh, are lessons learned and not uh, ignored. And just a final one there from uh, uh, from Vince. Uh, he says, great session, Andy. I uh, got a lot of takeaways from that hour. It, it has been a very quick hour. Uh, uh, thanks for your input, Vince, uh, as uh, uh, usual. Uh, very valuable. Uh, thanks for sharing and giving your time uh, to talk with us. So there you go. My pleasure. Uh, Andy, thank you very much for your time. Uh, it's thank been you. an absolute pleasure uh, uh, talking with you and discussing uh, how we can improve our investigation skills. Uh, and I'm sure we will have another session uh, in the future on uh, another subject uh, very close to that uh, investigation itself. With that, yeah. I'll pass it back to Aaron for the outro. Thank you very much. Take care, everybody. Stay safe. Thank, Aaron. You. Thank you so much for stopping by and watching that live event. If you want to be notified of future live events, head over to our website. There's a form on there, hit the subscribe button and I'll update you whenever live events come up. I promise you, no spam. And finally, we do have a YouTube channel. It's just simply Red Risks. Please subscribe and help us. Let's connect, share and learn. Thanks.